Good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, I'm grateful I can lead worship over the wires with you. I still feel dis disoriented uh, to be without you here in the sanctuary. Sadly or frustratingly, um, we continue to social distance, but I do give thanks to God daily that we are still united as people of God and as members of our parish. At this time, I want to thank Ellen McWilliams, Gunther Cole, Louise Noggle, Lynn Painter, and Elise Zimmerman for providing us readings, prayers, and music this, um, this morning. I also want to wish happy birthday to uh, various members of our congregations who are filled with, um, uh, who are celebrating their birthdays, especially Mark Zimmerman, Randy, Letha, Grant, Jean, and uh, may it be filled with, um, with happiness and a good new start to the year. I want to remind you that we uh, will continue to have our Zoom coffee chat this morning at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, refer to your weekly emails that I've been sending out each week for um, information on how to participate. If you didn't receive the email, connect it with us on the Fulmer Lutheran Parish Facebook page, and we will connect with you uh, to the information so that you, we, you can participate. Also, our weekly online quarantine Bible study continues each week on Thursday night through Zoom. That's at 7 o'clock. You're also welcome to join us. Again, refer to the weekly emails that we sent out. That It has all the information that you need. And then the big news is that starting next Sunday, we will resume our drive-in worship service here in the parking lot at Fulmer. Uh, we ask that you come before 9 o'clock and that you stay in your car at all times. For those who are not able to join us at the drive-in, we will continue to do this uh, uh, service over... Um, over YouTube and Facebook and podcast um, at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, as long as we can't come together. And then we will also, just remember, have this service available through our channels on the YouTube and on the podcast. So you can um, hear this at your convenience anytime after 9 o'clock on Sunday morning and throughout the week. And so with that said, let us now prepare our hearts and our minds as we now come to worship our Lord. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the fountain of living water, the rock who gave us birth, our light, and our salvation. Amen. Joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters, and by your word you created the world, calling forth life in which you took delight. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people Israel from slavery into freedom. At the river your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word... You claim us as daughters and sons, making us heirs of your promise and servants of all. We praise you for your gifts of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives with your forgiveness, grace, and love. To you be honor and praise through Jesus Christ our Lord in the unity of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, your Son makes himself known to all his disciples in the breaking of the bread. Open the eyes of our faith that we may see him in his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today's first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, beginning at the 14th verse. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the people. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Here ends the lesson for the day. Today's psalm reading is from Psalm 116. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication. For the Lord has given ear to me whenever I called. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came upon me. I came to grief and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray you, save my life. How shall I repay the Lord? For all the good things God has done for me. I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, alleluia. The second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 through 23. If you invoke as the Father, one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, Live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of 
imperishable seed through the living and adoring word of God, the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all, these, all that these things had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and beside all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us were, uh, went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have, de- have declared. Was it not necessary that the, de- uh, the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he was going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how Jesus had made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. All right, it's children's sermon time, and uh, I have invited Gunther with us. We are trying to be social distancing here, so he's sitting over there, and so Jackson, with his COVID-19 cut, uh, is, uh, is uh, sitting with me, of course. So, I have a question. What is your favorite meal? You have a favorite meal? Hot dogs. Hot dogs? Like pepperoni and bacon pizza. Pepperoni and bacon pizza? Yeah. Huh, I've never had that. Have you, uh, is there cheese on this pizza or is it just, just pepperoni and bacon? Yeah, a little bit of cheese. Yeah? And how often do you get to eat that? So, 
Like once. Oh, good. And how often do you get to eat hot dogs, Jackson? Mm, I don't know. You don't know? I it's not too often, is it? Yeah, but I thought we should have more. Are going to have hot dogs tonight? Yeah, we're going to have hot dogs later today. So, I um, I wanted to talk to you about food because I want to introduce you to some ancient foods. You know, back in the time of Jesus, he had unleavened bread. See. And uh, this is not exactly the kind that he had, but this is all I could find at the store, okay? But let's pretend it's unleavened bread. It is pretty, it is unleavened bread. Do you want to taste? Whoops, oh, well, here. Want a, want a taste of that bread? Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Smells good, too. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Mrs. Wise, she made this for us. Uh-huh. Okay. reason I want you to talk about this is that Food is extremely important to our faith. Think about all the times that we get together with our church people, our church members, and, and, and we eat food. When's the last time, do you think? Do you remember? Uh, we got together during the season of Lent, the beginning of the season of Lent, before we had to social distance. We were doing weekly uh, soup suppers, right? And then um, um, in February, we got together for um, a fellowship dinner. When it was the church's birthday? When the church's birthday, yeah, that's like a year and a half ago. We had a big celebration for that. But we, we get together quite a bit to eat, right? And, and you know, eat is, eating is really important. It brings people together. It bonds people. Because when you sit together, you tend to talk, right? What kind of things do you talk to your friends about? Um, Anything? Sometimes secrets. Secrets. <laughs> oh, do you want to share any secrets with us? Not today. Not today? Oh, how about you, Jackson? Any Secrets that your dad should know? I'd be surprised if you have some at, when, at six years old. Um, like kind of uh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but think about it. When you sit with your friends at school, what do you guys talk about when you have lunch? Um, How much you love your teacher? Uh, what you're going to do at recess? Yeah. And then, how about you talk about your schoolwork? Yeah, but you tend to eat with your friends, right? Yeah, we talk about... Um, we talk about... Uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, okay. Yeah, normally we would, right? And so, what I'm wanting to impress upon you, or make you understand, is that food, Jesus loved to have to eat with his friends. He ate at the Last Supper... That he ate many times in the Bible. He even fed 5,000 people in one episode and another 4,000 people. Food has a way of bringing people together. It binds us, and as a result, it makes us closer. In many ways, food is a gluing agent. It brings us and it keeps us together. And so as a result, one of the most sacred acts that we do in, in our faith is communion, right? And what do we do with communion? The pastor... Serves us bread. Yeah, exactly. We eat, right? We eat the bread and the wine, or drink of the wine. And so as a result, it's an act of eating. And that brings us together not only as a congregation, but brings us together with Christ. Isn't that cool? And so, so I always want, to, I want you to remember that eating is very critical because it brings us together and makes us closer. And that's what really what Christ wants of all of his followers, of all of his people, is to be one with him. Okay? All right, let us close with a prayer. Dear Lord, we're so grateful that you have 
that you provide us with the sustenance of food so we can live daily, but that you also, through food, bring us closer to you and to each other. And we ask you to continue to do that and also help us to, um, to remember that as we share our food with each other. And also, Lord, remember all those who don't have food every day, who struggle to find food, and that when we can, we share that with them, find ways to provide them food, and give thanks to you that we have the abundance of food. And we ask you, Lord, that in the act of faithfulness, that we bring about food to those who are in need. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, guys, for coming up and for keeping our social distance and um, humoring me. Amen. In our gospel reading for today, we read of two men walking from Jerusalem to the little village of Emmaus. And then, out of nowhere, a third man, a stranger, especially to them, comes alongside and engages in their conversation. He takes the opportunity to explain to them the scriptures, starting with Abraham and Moses and all the way on through, through the various prophets. At the end of the walk, the two men invite this stranger to have supper and spend the night with them, as it was customary in those days, for the day was coming to a close. In my mind's eyes, I see them walking and engaged in passionate retelling of the story of the previous days. I see Jesus listening intently, but quietly initially. Sometimes I see him asking questions or two, but he's mostly listening. And you can hear in the men's voices that they are heartbroken, that they are extremely disappointed, they're extremely sad. As the text says that they were downtrodden. Because they had spent three years probably following this prophet that they thought was to redeem Israel. And up until this point, that wasn't looking like it was going to happen. And so they're walking with heavy hearts, with deep disappointments, and maybe a little bit of resentment. And so Jesus is listening. And so all through the walk, though, these men have no clue about the strangers until, until this stranger, who we are able to know as Jesus, reveals himself doing dinner by breaking the bread and blessing it and giving it to the two men. And then suddenly these travelers figure out who they had been with all this time. You know, perhaps it is due to the current social distancing measures that we've been living with, but I have been struck all week by the intimacy of this story. And I've been really struck by, the, by how intimate the Christian faith really is. In this particular story, they spent the good day of the, walk, of the day walking side by side, engaged in an emotional conversation of betrayal, trial, death, resurrection, of their friend, of their prophet, Jesus Christ. These were men who had spent the previous days in an emotional roller coaster. They were confused doing Jesus' um, Last Supper with the other disciples. Then they felt hurt, I'm sure, to learn that one of their very own disciples betrayed Jesus. They probably witnessed Jesus' agonizing walk through Jerusalem with the cross on his shoulders to the place that would be his final place, Golgotha. Then after Jesus dies, I'm sure they felt completely abandoned. They felt dis deep disappointment 
and then scared. They had spent three years following this man, <clears throat> only to see it all come for naught. Then reports from their friends said that Jesus had resurrected, and they seemed to be in disbelief. They heard, but they haven't seen. So they were completely in disbelief, not sure what to make of it. So they walked to Emmaus, and we don't know why they're walking to Emmaus, these two men, but they're walking to Emmaus, talking and discussing with each other the events of the previous days. Perhaps it was to work out all of their discombobulated emotions of, from those events. Perhaps they were coming to terms with Jesus' death and the rumor that he had resurrected. It seems to me that they were struggling with the entire episode of what would be known as the Holy Week and especially the, the three days. And then add into the mix this stranger who comes alongside them. You know, I'm amazed that they welcomed him so easily into their very personal conversation. They made space both in the conversation and in the physical distance for Jesus. You know, I've done a lot of walking in my life. I've often walked to work out my sermons, Bible study, ideas, and even just to get away from the distractions of life to just think. Walks are not only healthy physically, but they are great escape from the demands of the world, and it allows us, allows me at least, to get deep within myself. I can't remember the last time I walked with a random stranger, though, and much less discussing anything personal with that stranger. The only time I seem to, I, I seem to meet strangers these days are at the grocery stores or at the gas pump. And right now, everyone seems to be strangers to me with their masks on, even with my son. Life beyond my family right now is currently very impersonal. And everyone, with their masks and with our distances, seems to be very strange. We have to keep our distance as best as we can. We have to talk to each other as minimal as we can in public for fear of uh, ruining each other's lives because of the virus. So the intimacy of our lives together is completely destroyed right now, except for our lives with our family. And so it's amazing for me, and something I'm really appreciating in our gospel text today, that these men are walking in such intimate ways, both both physically and emotionally. And this inspires me, and it makes me nostalgic for a time when we could walk that close with someone without fear of a virus. But you know, as, as amazing and awe-inspiring as that is for me, that is not the most intimate act, though, of this narrative. It is the eating part. Food and the Christian faith have long been synonymous with each other. From the earliest pages of the Bible, where we read about Adam and Eve eating of the apple to Jesus' last supper, it is by no accident that the act of eating is found throughout the Bible. It is understood that the act of eating is considered to be one of the most intimate acts that we do with one another. And really, just think about it. We tend to eat with only people we love, that we trust, and are in relationship with. Rarely do we eat with people who are not our friends or whom we don't like or know. Throughout the Bible, the act of eating carries, at least in my understanding, three very important uh, definitions or implications. First of all, it is covenantal. When we engage in the act of eating, we engage in a sacred act. 
In the ancient uh, Middle East, where food and water can be scarce and so much still like today, when someone shares their water with you, you enter into a covenant of friendship for one year. However, if you sit down and eat a meal with them, you enter into a covenant of friendship for a lifetime. This idea of covenant associated with eating and drinking keeps us, gives us a deeper understanding and appreciation into the words of Jesus at the Last Supper when he gives of himself in the act of drinking wine and eating of bread. This, through this act of Holy Communion, Jesus gives himself completely to us in the covenant of, of relationship that is forever. And that's why communion is so sacred in the Christian church in our understanding of life together. He then, then he invites his disciples and us for all of us since to remember that this is not limited, this covenant that we have with Christ is not limited to our relationship with him, but that it is also expanded to include our neighbors, to love our neighbors, as he reminds us in John 13, that we should love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. We should serve our neighbor, and we should dine, and we should be intimate in the Christian sense as much as we can with our neighbors. In short, eating with our friends, with our families, with our neighbors is a holy act. It is an act that Christ invites us to always engage in. Next, eating is a, is a hospitable act. In our Christian faith, we express our faith by sharing our lives with one another. We are called to continually put ourselves aside and make our neighbors as comfortable as possible. So I invite you to recall the story of the three strangers <clears throat> excuse me, visiting Abraham at his tent by the Oaks of Mamre in Genesis 18. Abraham, upon seeing the three strangers, immediately prepares them a meal and sits and converses with them and helps them to refresh from a long journey. We are called to provide for our neighbors and friends in every way. And you know, I find that most of the time it is by providing them meals and refreshing drinks or, and by being simply present when we are called upon to do so. Eating and food represent the most basic human need, for without it, humans cannot survive. And in the time of Christ, it was a matter of life or death. Then lastly, eating together is a faithful act. If you know the geography of Israel and the Middle East, you know that the landscape is one of mostly desert. This harsh environment gives growing food extremely, makes it extremely hard. Yet throughout the Bible, some of the greatest examples of faithfulness revolves around food and its lack thereof. Perhaps it is the simple fact that food is hard to come by and when present is highly prized and is eaten with gratefulness and thanksgiving. Recall the story of Joseph helping Pharaoh prepare for a famine. Recall the Israelites walking for 40 years in the wilderness and eating the divinely given manna all those years. Recall Elijah predicting a drought and feeding a widow with an extremely limited amount of food in 1 Kings. And then recall the Last Supper 
and then the fish fry on the lakeshore after Jesus' resurrection. In the Bible, there are two references to a life-giving tree which gives life when we eat of its fruits. In the second chapter of Genesis, our very first book of the Bible, God plants the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And in the last chapter of Revelation, our very last book of the Bible, John writes of a tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruits in the New Jerusalem. This tree of life serves as a bookend to our Bible, and perhaps it encapsulates the very essence of our Christian faith. That very essence is the acknowledgement that we all need to rely on our Lord for daily sustenance and all of our encompassing reliance on God's creation. Therefore, it is a faithful act when we engage in eating, a faith on Christ. So I have found that in the greatest acts of intimacy that God reveals himself to us. He provides for us. He cares for us and surrounds us with the very necessities of life, our families, our friends, our neighbors, and, and everything in between. So I invite you that as you come to the Lord's Supper, whether it's at this congregation or anywhere else, that you understand that God, through the act of holy communion, he is revealing himself to us. He is giving of himself so that we can become more, become more fulfilled. We can be made stronger, more faithful to serve out his kingdom in the world, in the community in which we live. So as you prepare your meals and feed your families, may God bless you in your culinary adventure and hospitality. May you always be mindful of where each element of your meals come from so that you are able to give God glory in the preparation and the eating of your meals. Also, may you always be mindful of those who are not as fortunate as us, whose daily sustenance are not guaranteed, so that we may seek to serve them every day through our faith in God. And lastly, may you always give thanks and praise to God that gathers us together as families, as friends, and as neighbors as we gather to share the meals of our lives. Amen.
us confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join the people of God in all times and places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. For those whose hearts are fervent with love for your gospel, that they are empowered to tell the story of your love in their lives and to show hospitality in response to this love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the diverse natural world, for jungles, prairies, forests, valleys, mountains, and for all the wild and endangered animals who call these spaces home, that they are nurtured and protected. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For broken systems we haven't inherited and that we continue to perpetuate, forgive us. Restrain the nations from fighting over limited resources. Redeem us from the cycle of scarcity and violence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all who call upon your healing name, give rest. Stay with us and walk with us, all those who are hungry, friendly, friendless, despairing, and desiring healing in body and spirit, especially Eileen, Herman, Natalie, Robert, Bruce, Barbara, Hulda, Ray, Roger, Wilbur, Linda, Randy, Ed, Bobby and Letha, Linda, Kay, Louise, Karen, Shirley, Edna, Thalma, Phyllis, Joanne, Carl, and Carol. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For the faith-forming ministries of this church, for those preparing for baptismal, First Communion, Confirmation, and membership. For those who participate in Sunday School and adult education, guide and inspire leaders, learners of every age and ability. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Create in our hearts a yearning to rest in your promise of eternal and resurrected life. Give us thankful hearts for those who have died, even as we look forward to the hope of new life with you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We continue to pray for those who are putting their health at risk to make our lives easier at this time of COVID-19. We especially pray for doctors, nurses, and hospital workers, 
employees of stores that need to stay open for our needs. Civic leaders, peace officers who are trying to keep the peace and lead us in these uncertain times. We mourn with those who've lost loved ones in the, to this virus and prayer for speedy recovery of those who are currently struggling with the virus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With bold confidence in your love, Almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Remember that the peace of Christ is with you always, even this time of confusion and uncertainty. He is always with you. At this time, we normally have the offering, and again, I want to express to you my gratitude, and on behalf of the parish, our thankfulness for your continued um, support of the ministries of the parish at Fomer Lutheran Church and at St. John's. And for that, on behalf of the parish and the two congregations, I want to express my gratitude and thankfulness. Let us pray the offertory prayer. Merciful God, our ordinary gifts seem small for such a celebration, but you make them an abundance, just as you do with our lives. Feed us again at this table for service in your name, in the strength of the risen Christ. Amen. Let us give thanks to God for the word. Let us pray. Praise and thanks to you, holy God, for by your word you made all things. You spoke light into the darkness, called forth beauty from chaos, and brought life into being. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. By your word, you called your people Israel to tell of your wonderful gifts, freedom from captivity, water on the desert journey, a pathway from exile, wisdom for life with you. For your word of life, O God, we give you thanks and praise. Through Jesus, your word made flesh, you speak to us and call us to witness. Forgiveness through the cross, life to those entombed by death, the way of your self-giving love. For your word of life, O God. We give you thanks and praise. Send your spirit of truth, O God. Rekindle your gifts within us. Renew our faith. Increase our hope and deepen our love. For the sake of a world in need. Faithful to your word, O God. Draw near to all who call on you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. To whom, with you and the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now, as you go on your way this week and continue to live out the will of Christ, remember that the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raised you to new life, fill you with hope, and turn your mourning into dancing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Christ is risen, just as he said. Go in peace, share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia.